during worship, Pastor Allen talked about agreed. God is looking for people to agree with him. And he also said breathe. So those are two words that are actually in my sermon. Uh, God wants to breathe on us. I got the, the breath of God. You know, there are times when God adds to our lives. Amen. It says in 2 Peter 1, 5 through 11, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a reason he adds. It gives us the reason. There's times for add. But I feel like God wants to make a shift today in our lives and it's not... He's not coming to add. You know, uh, when Moses, Moses was on the backside of the desert with, with, the, with his father-in-law's sheep, and the Bible says Moses agreed to live with his father-in-law. And some versions say Moses was content to live with his father-in-law. And so there's Moses who God's called to deliver a nation out of a nation, a mil, over a million people, but he was agreeing. So he agreed with his father-in-law. They were agreed to stay here. His wife was agreed, his kids was agreed, but God didn't agree. Moses was content, but God wasn't content. And sometimes shifts are uncomfortable in our lives. Moses didn't ask for the shift, but the Bible says that the cry of the people came to God, and he came to make a shift. Moses went from leading sheep, and God just didn't come to Moses and said, let me add wisdom to what you're doing. Let me increase what you're doing. Let me give you more sheep. Let me give you some of your own sheep. Moses, what land do you want? He made an entire shift in Moses' life. He did not come to Moses and, and add to what he's doing. And so if you, I got some bad news. If you want an area of your life added to, God can do that. But the good news is he wants to make a shift. His entire life shifted. He went from shepherding sheep, someone else's, to shepherding God's people out. The Bible says when Jesus appeared in the bush, the Bible says the angel of the Lord, that is Jesus. He says, I am the God. Angels don't say that. Moses hid his face. But then there was a time in Moses' life where he would speak God face to face and said, show me your glory. He went from being afraid to look at God to wanting to see his glory. There was a huge shift, amen? And so he wants to shift our lives where we're living at this plane, thinking at this plane. This is who I am. This is what I do. I'm agreed. I'm content. But God's not content, Amen. He's not content for this nation. He's not content for this world. There's things he wants to do, but he wants to shift us. See, Moses, I know. Now, he didn't come to his father-in-law only. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Alan preached a message on new tongues. The message was not quite 30 minutes. Uh, but the first six minutes, and I want to review this in case you weren't here or in case you were here, and you just to, just to review, the first six minutes, Pastor Alan just talked about the new. He said, God is leading us to a new place. He also said, if you think about the themes of the messages in recent weeks, he says, God is ready to do a new thing. He gets, God is speaking on the new. He talked about a fresh language, you know, a fresh language. And uh, he said at the end, he goes, God wants to shift our language. Well, that word shift was already in my heart for, for some time. And so I believe God wants to make a shift today. He does not always come to add. He comes to shift you know, when I, before I came to the church, I was in Roswell, New Mexico, and there was an intercessor who was on with the Lord. She's not passed away. She's with the Lord. Amen. And uh, I was talking to Pastor Allen because they came out there. They ministered in the church in Roswell, so I got to know him. I didn't really know him that well, but I got to know him a little bit, so we stayed in contact. And I said, I'm getting ready to go to Portugal. Have her pray for me. You know, I thought she was going to say a nice little prayer. and you know, affect. Well, I, got, I get this back, and it says, don't go to Portugal. Come home now, meaning here. 
Well, okay, that's a shift. That God says, I'm not adding to what you're doing. I'm making a shift in your entire life. I'm calling you where you're working. I was content with the man I was working with, and I, I loved him. I was content with my life, and I wasn't ready for the shift because I wasn't financially ready. I had a company car, so I didn't have a car. I didn't want to come and be a leech. I got hard work from my dad, so, but now, don't go to Portugal now. There was an entire shift, so I show up at the airport after some time with Pastor Lean, and, I, you know, she says, you know, how long is it going to take you to obey God? So <laughs> I show up at the airport with one suitcase. Not the way I wanted to show up. I wanted to show up with a bunch of money. So it's, this isn't about, Mo see, Moses didn't even want to do it. See, it's not about us. It's what God desires to do. Moses, I know you're agreed with the father-in-law and you're content, but I'm not content. I'm coming to make a shift in your lives. You know, Pastor Allen talked about birthing the new, birthing the fresh. You know, if you want to birth something new, a pregnant woman requires more oxygen. Now, I read 20% and I read, you know, and sometimes seven times more. So I'm not going to give a statistic. I'm just going to say more doesn't mean she breathes more frequently. She breathes deeper. You know that about, you know, all Scripture is inspired by God. Actually, that word inspired in the Greek, actually that means God breathed. So God's breathing. Alan said in worship, he says the breath of God. So if I'm going to burst something new and I need more oxygen, I need to breathe in what God is breathing out. I need to breathe in what God is breathing out because I carry something that's just not about me. And if we want to burst something new, and if we want to shift in our lives, we need to breathe out. It's not just inspired. It's not just, oh, I had a good thought. It's God breathe. So, Lord, I thank you for breathing on us today and shifting on us today, God. Shifting past our thinking and our minds and just what we want to do and where we're at. I thank you for shifting us to a whole new place. Moses never went back to that place again. When God called Joseph out of prison, he never went back again. Some of us are going to new places. We're not going to go back again. We won't always be in this church. These seats won't always be empty. You won't, some of you are going to go to nations you don't, can't even pronounce. There's a shift. God's not here just to add to our plans. He didn't try to give Moses more wisdom on sheep or his father-in-law or how to get along with his daughter or how to raise his kids. I'm shifting your entire life. You will never be back in this place again. Moses told his father-in-law, I'm just going to check on my people. No, no, no. You're not just going to check on your people. You're leading them out of Egypt. Why? Because it's a promise of God. And Satan comes to steal the promises of God. But God comes to protect his promises. All those people were there because God made a promise to one man, Abraham, out of you will become a nation. And some of us have promises we don't even know. Alan talked about a new language. That means out of your mouth. You need to say the new is coming. The new is here. I expect the new. It's not just after it comes. Anybody can do that. Sinners do that. It's saints who go. Hannah didn't have a child. She was barren. But when she knew God heard her prayer, her countenance changed before she even birthed a Samuel. And she didn't know what she carried. She says, I'm going to give you this son. She did not know Samuel was going to be a priest and a prophet. To set right what was wrong. God wanted to make a shift. So there's Moses. And the Bible says, we have not, you have not walked this way before. See, I, and when I came to the epicenter, I had a certain idea how it's going to be or how I'm going to be. And I never really preached before. I preached 15 minutes. I preached to the youth. And Lena kind of pushed me out to preach. And so I was just coming. He says, come home. But I didn't know all the things that would pertain. See, Moses didn't know he was going to be transfigured on the mount with Elijah. Moses didn't know that he was going to be one of the greatest prophets that ever lived, ever lived. 
He didn't know. He just thought, okay, God, and he didn't want to do it. He was scared. It is scary sometimes to be shifted out of your comfort zone. He was content and he was comfortable, but God wasn't. And let me tell you, God's a man of war. He's a God of war. And when he comes, he's come to stir and shake and chain things up. And so there's a shift when Moses know about, but there's also a shift in atmospheres. You know, we had uh, that it goes on in the heavenlies and you just walk into, you know, when Esther the book of Esther, Satan was trying to kill the promise of God. There he is again, trying to kill God's promises. There he is again, trying to snuff out their life. He goes, I'm going to kill Mordecai, not just Mordecai, all the Jews. So there they are praying. And here's Haman pl- plotting. Here's Haman plotting. And he was going to go into the king. And he was going to go into the king. And the, in the morning, he was going to say, oh, these gallows are for Mordecai and all the Jews. And the decree would have been set. But the Bible says that night the king couldn't sleep. It had to be that night. It couldn't be another night. Friends, we are in that season. We're in that night. See, it couldn't be another night. If it was one more night, Mordecai would have been dead. If there was a different reed when Moses' daughter was coming down, she wouldn't have seen Moses. It had to be those reeds, that river, that place by the bank. It had to be something specific. Look, God's here to do something specific in our lives. It's not a general shift. It's not just a change. It's something specific. There's a corporate and there's individual. That night, the king couldn't sleep, but he's a king. He could have asked for anything. He had a harem. He had food. He could have had... You know, I would ask for entertainment, make me laugh. But he says, bring me the book of Chronicles. Of all the things you could have asked for on that night you couldn't sleep, you asked for the book of Chronicles. It had to be that night, that book. So he read it all night. How do you know it was all night? Because in the morning they were still reading it. And they were reading it and reading it. And they said, Mordecai saved the king. And he said, has anything been done for Mordecai? And he said, no. So when Haman came in, to kill because Mordecai overheard the plot. If you don't know the story, you can go back and read it. I'm not going to go over everything. I think Esther's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story of redemption. Jesus is is the scarlet core. He's from Genesis to Revelation. And so he, Haman comes in to tell him where the gallows, and the king says, before Haman could speak, the Bible says, what should be done that the king, for a man that the king wants to honor? And the Bible, you know, Haman thought it was him. So let a horse that the king never rode. Let robes be, let a signet ring be on his hand. And so Mordecai didn't know the king couldn't sleep. Haman didn't know the king couldn't sleep, but God kept him up that night. And it had to be those, that book. And so instead of Mordecai hanging, he went and did everything for Mordecai. So there's Mordecai praying, worried about the Jewish people. And then all of a sudden he's honored, not even know. That was a huge shift. The very man that wanted to kill you that you didn't bow down to, now he's leading you on the horse going, this is what will happen to God, who who the man God wants to honor. That's a huge shift. The one whom he wanted to kill is now serving him, and the one that was going to be killed is riding the king's horse. Neither one knew because that was in the heavenlies. Let me tell you something. You don't know every shift that's going to be happening in your life, but he just walked into it. And when you walk into it, you need to know it's him and it's not your plans. I didn't know from this place I'd go back to Juarez. I didn't know in this place I'd go to Mexico City. I didn't know all those things because when we shift, sometimes it's just the entrance. That night, the king couldn't sleep. The entire story of Esther switches on one sentence. That night, the king couldn't sleep. When you read the Bible, you will see shifts throughout. He shifts Peter. Only the Jews, only the Jews. And all of a sudden, Peter sees a vision of God wants to... Go to the Gentiles too, and then it shifted Peter's entire thinking. Entire way he was raised, it's not the Gentiles. One thing shifted his entire life, his entire ministry, his entire thinking. God says, What you say is unclean, don't call unclean. What I call is clean is clean. It's the way he was raised, it's the way the Torah read, it's the way his dad said, Mom said, Look, 
Look, some of you, God wants to shift your finances, and mom and dad never had any money. They were always broke, but he wants to shift our thinking. Some of you never, see, when I looked at my family tree, I couldn't find one minister. That didn't matter. God says, I'm not looking for your past to find ministers. I'm setting the future tree to find ministers. I want to shift in your life. Now, when I go to developing nations and I see young people, I don't go, oh, your mom saved it. No, no, no. It's about what God wants to do. He wants to shift our thinking, which shifts our life. And we walk into things that were already shifted in the heavenlies that we have no idea. Amen? A shift. One shift. Jesus shifted A.D. B.C. A.D. He had shifted the entire timeline before him or after him with his resurrection. He just shifted, and God wants to raise things that are dead, that we think are dead, that are no more, or just gone, or too late, or I messed up, and he redeemed. Moses killed a man he shouldn't have killed, and he ran away, and he, all that time that was wasted, God redeemed it. He shifted it on, he showed up and says, Moses, Moses, and he called his name. Moses, I have a specific purpose for you. I'm not just here to bless your life or give you more points or give you more of a blessing or bless your finances. I'm here to shift your entire life. No longer will you just lay in that place. You're going to come to a new place and lead my people out. So I don't know everything God has for us, but I do know there's a shift that he wants to do. Moses didn't ask for it. His father-in-law didn't ask for it. It wasn't in a prayer, but it was the desire of heaven. Look, sometimes God, he just, he just rallies himself up and goes, I'm going to do something new. I want to shift something, and it may be uncomfortable for you. It was uncomfortable for me to come here. I wanted a bunch of money in the bank, show up in a nice car. Hey, everybody. I don't have a place to live. Sabato, his they're married, and he's on the preaching team. I just lived with him. My little suitcase and one blueprint plans. It's not how I wanted it. But it's how God wanted it. And it's when God wanted it. Now, you you have a response with the shift. You can walk in it. You can receive it. Or you can reject it. Because when we say new, we're like, ooh, new car, new house, new job. Okay, those things, those can be, right? But it also can be pushing us out of our comfort zone in areas where we never walked in. It could be all of a sudden, some of you are to pray for people and see healings when you just want to bring them to a meeting and let the minister heal, heal them. And God wants to make a shift. When Reinhard Bunke, one of the greatest evangelists that ever lived, that ever lived, when he went to Africa, they said, you can't preach to black people. It was during apartheid. He said, that's why I came. That's why I came. Because he went to his dad, and back then, generations ago, and in Germany, it was the older son, and he told everybody, I want to be a missionary. And the dad says, no, Reinhard, he's the missionary. His dad didn't know the shift. And we say things. But he didn't agree with his dad. God says in worship, I'm looking for someone to agree with me. Not your past, not what mom said, not generations. And look, there's, there's well-known people and there's unwell-known. And we know Reinhardt. But what would we have missed if he would agree with his dad and just simply said, okay. Okay, dad. Because he said he's better at math. What a dumb reason. But a lady came to the church and said, I had a dream. Of a little white boy breaking bread and giving it to black people. And she goes, and that's the boy. And there was a shift. But when he came there, he just wanted to preach the gospel. And it was other people that had the healing gift. You see all the miracles and signs and the crusades, and you look at the, ta- the videos, and I saw where 
this Muslim man, and he was sitting at a park bench. He missed his bus for work, and he's not even in the crusade. He's not even the crusade that's going on, and he's deaf. And he missed his bus, so he's waiting for the next bus, and all of a sudden, his ears open, and he hears the preacher. And he goes and gives his testimony. It's on video. But before all that, there was Reinhardt who was thinking, oh, no, they're special. It's a shift. We're talking about a shift, right? Shift in our thinking, shift in our living. It's not just a shift in here. I feel better. It's how you operate. It's how you function. It's the level you live on. See, Reinhardt, the great, the healing, the great healing evangelist who had, we saw all these signs and wonders and miracles, he always thought, I'm giving salvation. Someone else gives. And he goes, I invited someone very famous. I, was, I invited someone very famous. And he goes, that works in signs, wonders, and miracles. And I was going to give the altar call. And he gets up. We were having the first, he goes, it was packed the first two nights. And the first night, he gets up because I gave the salvation. First, and he gets up and goes, tomorrow the sick will be prayed for. And he sat down. Reinhardt goes, what's he doing? I read his autobiography when I was the best man at Sabata's wedding. Sabata and Cortez's wedding. And they gave me that. It was a precious book. It's this big. I read it three times. And he goes, the sick will be prayed for. So Reinhardt goes, oh, what's he doing? He goes, tomorrow night, come. So he, he's going there, and he's going to the, the meeting, and he sees the man leaving his hotel packing up. Oh, no, because he doesn't pray for the sick, remember. He's just the, the evangelist. That's the man with the special powers. That's the man. That's the, that's the signs, wonders, and miracles. We hear all the stories. I don't do that. I'm here for souls. And he goes, what are you doing? He goes, I'm leaving. He goes, why? He goes, you said you were going to pray for the sick. He goes, no, 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 Reinhardt. I said the sick will be prayed for. God told me to leave. So now, shift. Everybody say shift. He was just a healing evangelist. That's all he does. That's why he went there, to win souls. And so all the meetings, it's, I preach the gospel. You do it. That's your part. This is my little part. This is what I do. This is what I've always done. This is what I was always trained for. This is what I studied for. This is what they told me I could do. This is my zone. This is my area. This is my thing. It's just, but I got to shift. And so he gets up and goes, I got some good news, bad news, and some good news. He goes, it was more packed because people told him. The bad news is, and he mentioned his name. I don't even know his name. He goes, he's not here. But the good news is, Jesus is. And he started preaching, and instantly this lady says, I'm healed. There was a shift. Ever since that day, he goes, okay, I can walk in that. He did not ask for that, friends. God pulled that man out of his life to make a shift. I'm here to say that it may be a little uncomfortable for you, and for some of you, it may be a lot of uncomfortable. But he had to get up there going, oh, my gosh, i got to turn the people away. No, Jesus is still here. Reinhardt, I'm making a shift in your life. And he goes, ever since then, it was always souls and signs and wonders and miracles. In fact, many times it was signs, wonders, and miracles first before there was even an altar call. There was five Muslim men, and they brought their blind friend with rocks in their hands. And he goes, if he doesn't get healed, we're going to stone him. He was healed. He says, Reinhardt goes, usually I don't do this first, but I, I just felt like saying blind eyes open. And he goes, I can see, I can see. And they dropped the rocks. And you see all the signs, wonders, and miracles, but you go back to that day, there was a shift. So when I'm saying there's a shift, it's not just for that day. It wasn't just so that day he would have signs, wonders, and miracles. Reinhardt, I'm shifting your entire thinking, your level of living. It's not just that I've called you to preach the gospel with just words. I want a demonstration of the Spirit. Paul says, I just didn't come with persuasive words of men's wisdom, but the power and the demonstration. If you want to shift today, raise your hand. I got news for you. 
you will have a shift. But if you don't want a shift, I got news for you. It's also coming to your life. Hands raised or no raised. Lord, I thank you for doing what no man can do. Moses didn't ask for it. I didn't ask to come here. Reinhardt didn't ask for it. But you made the shift. You made the shift. I thank you, God. You go above our prayers. So many times we pray so limited. When you pray in the Spirit, do you really even know what you're saying? You're praying for things out of your comfort zone, out of things you thought you'd never see. Pastor Allen preached, told me one time, he says, a mark on your ministry will be blind eyes open. He didn't know I always had a desire to see that. What would it be like if you were blind your entire life and just to be able to see? So God, I thank you for shifting our thinking, our plane of living, how we accept just life, how we just deal with little things. I thank you for shifting us, God. The new comes with the shift. I thank you, God. You just don't listen to people's prayers. You also do what's in the desire of your heart. You also, he prays, he'll say no to many of our prayers. God, keep me in my comfort zone. Just bless these little sheep. Give me some wisdom about my father-in-law. Help me have a nice little marriage with these little kids in this little place. He says, Moses, I'm coming to shift your life. And Moses, Moses, one day out of the burning bush, he just looked. He turned aside. So, Lord, I thank you. We're here today to turn aside from our comfort zone, from what we think, from what the way we're living. I thank you for shifting Reinhard Bunky. He would preach to over a million people in person all because he didn't listen to his dad and said no Reinhardt you're not the missionary he is but he didn't agree during worship God says I'm looking for some people to agree with me how can two people walk together unless they be agreed how can we walk with God unless we be agreed it's not just who I agree with you and who I agree with that Lord we want to agree with what you're saying over this church over our lives when we get a word about orphans God and it's from God we can say yes I will go there there's a shift yes I can go to that nation yes Yes, I can go to that country. Yes, I can write those checks. Yes, I can have those babies. Yes, I can disciple those people. Jesus says you will disciple nations. He didn't say you just stay in your little house from Jerusalem to Samaria to the other parts of this world. Lord, I thank you. This is a church of a mission-sending church. No, no, no. Not all will go, but all will send. We will all send. Every time I go to Juarez, you guys are sending me. I feel the prayers. It's not just, oh, we're not going. No, the epicenter is going. Everywhere I stand, Pastor Lena is there preaching too. I see easy. I feel him. He's there. I'm saying what I feel like some weird way, but they're inside. They impart. So, Lord, I thank you. Everything you've ever imparted in us, every meeting, every revival, every sermon that we forgot, I thank you for stirring it up again. I thank you. You just didn't give Pastor Easy, oh, a word for a letter and a woman in a red dress just for a season or a time. I thank you. You just didn't have take away that healing evangelist. God, you took away a healing evangelist so you can add a different plane of thinking. Reinhardt, it's not on a man. It's on me. It was never just based on a man or a movement. It wasn't based on the Jesus people. It wasn't based on the charismatic renewal. It was always based on God. I thank you for shifting us, shifting our revelation when we read the word to understand more of what you're saying, the revelation of Jesus Christ. God, I thank you. We're not here today just to add to what we're doing. We're here to receive from you to get a shift into what you want. There's things God desires that have not yet been on the earth. There's books that have not been written. There's sermons that have not been preached. There's songs Songs that have not been sung. There's churches that have not been done. There's evangelists that have not been. And there's businesses and there's kids and there's po- people in politics that have not just stood there. God, I thank you for shifting the church of Jesus Christ, our low-level thinking, our living. We serve a big God and he's with us. I will be with you. He's, this doesn't give us instructions that we read and we live out. He's not just a boss where we get up and say, okay, print this, do this. He's in us. He's with us. So when you stretch out your hand, when you speak the word, it's him who heals. 
He gives you a healing gift, but who's behind it? He is. He is. He is. That night, the king couldn't sleep. It had to be that night. Friends, we are in this season. This season, everything shifts. God's not waiting for another time. He's not waiting for another season. He's not waiting for different people. We are here. He's shifting us. He's not waiting for more people to come in to shift. He's shifting today. It's a season of shifting. Pastor Allen talked about the new. And then he says, I want to go to, in his message, he goes, we need to shift our language to talk like him. God, I thank you for doing new things. I thank you for shifting us out of our comfort zone. I thank you for bringing more finances in people's lives that are going to write checks they never wrote. God, I thank you. You've always shifted. Every story in the Bible, there's shift. Jesus changed a, a funeral to, to a, a, a revival. With Lazarus, with one sentence, Lazarus, come forth. There was an entire shift of that day. We're coming to bury Lazarus, and all of a sudden they hugged the one that they buried. There was a shift because one sentence, Lazarus, come forth. What's the one sentence? That, that night the king couldn't sleep. One sentence shifted the entire story of Esther from Mordecai fighting Haman and Haman trying to overcome Mordecai for God stepping in to go, I'm the one king, you can't sleep. See, we see he's a king. There's a king above every king. And friends, he never sleeps. He's always awake. He knows what's in the book of Chronicles. He knows what he wrote over your life. He knows the promises he gave you. And he says, Haman, you're trying to kill the promises I gave. No man can stop it. Six-day war, Holocaust. Here we have the Jewish people. But you can go visit all the ruins, the ruins of the Roman Empire. You can go take picture next to the ruins. Where you can't take pictures of the ruins is, is in Israel. You'll see the people, the land of milk and honey. The whole world can come against that promise, and it's not going to happen, friends. But for your promises, he needs agreement. There's things in the Bible that are going to come to pass with or without you. Look, an awake Awakenings coming to America with or without you. But the promises of God need your agreement. We said it in worship. I'm looking for somebody to agree with me. God, I want to agree with you. My neighbor might not. This person might not. But we're here to agree with you, God. Not just our father-in-law or our father or our little realm. Here, Moses, take care of these sheep. You have your food. You have your wife. You have your kids. But if you're not content with just your life and you want to shift, I want you to raise your hand. You say, I want to shift today. I want you to raise your hand. God, you see these hands and you see these hearts and I'm not trying to stir you up but Lord I thank you there's a shift for us today it's not just a little shift Chris it's not just a little shift it's a big shift it's not what the words our dad said our mom said our grandparents said God all the good things we receive and all the things that were not from you we reject no Reinhard you're not the evangelist millions and millions of people and Satan wanted to say no no, Epicenter, you're not the place. I don't agree with that. It's Bethel. It's Hillsongs. God, it's here. I agree with you. It's already been done. Reinhardt, there's plenty of evangelists, Pastor Allen. We don't need that. We don't need another church. God says, yes, I do. I'm here to shift your thinking and worship and preaching. What would happen if we all came hungry every Sunday and said, God, shift us, change us. Don't just add to my life. Don't just add to my comfort. Don't just put a little more money in my bank account. Don't bless my kids a little more. Shift our thinking to what, how we live it. What are we thinking? So many times our thoughts are not his, are his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways, but they can be. You don't stop there. My thoughts are not his thoughts. My ways are But God, shift us today so they are. We want to agree with you. Those aren't, just, those aren't just cute little words in worship, friends. God is speaking to us.
I'm looking for somebody to agree with me. Moses, you agree with your father-in-law. That's great. But I want you to agree with me. And he called his name Moses, Moses. And today he's calling your name. Will you turn aside to what you're doing? Alan, Alan, Lena, Lena, Kirk, Kirk. Paul, Paul, Joan, Joan, will you turn aside to the way you are walking? No, God, I have my tasks. I have the way I've been living. I tried that once, and it didn't work out. I tried. I love your people, God, because they're my people. And so the women went back, and they told their father-in-law, he goes, how did you come back so soon? And he goes, they said, an Egyptian delivered us. An Egyptian. Why would they say that? The clothes he was wearing was Egyptian. His whole life he was raised like an Egyptian. If you think Moses is an Egy- a Hebrew name, it is not. It's the translation. Moses' daughter, I mean, Pharaoh's daughter would never na- name him that. She goes, I drew him out of the water. See, an Egyptian delivered us. So there's Moses with Egyptian clothes and Egyptian spices and Egyptian education and knew the Egyptian God, but his DNA was Hebrew. Friends, your DNA is from heaven. When you got born again, your DNA is from heaven. An Egyptian delivered us. He's just a carpenter's son and how he put things on earthly levels. An Egyptian delivered us. No, no, honey, Egyptian did not deliver you. A Hebrew with Egyptian clothes delivered you. So, Lord, I thank you today we're removing our Egyptian clothes so there's no confusion who we are and what we walk in. How did you get back so early from the well? An Egyptian delivered us. No, 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 no. A Hebrew. His DNA was Hebrew. Your DNA, when you got born again, God downloaded his spirit and your DNA changed. You can do it, Ancestry.com, and I looked at it. That's great. But, friends, when you look at a spiritual DNA, it all goes to heaven. Same father. We have the same father. His name is Yahweh. We have the same father. Your DNA changed. And when you look in the mirror and the doctor says this, no, 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 I have a DNA from heaven. These are your finances. No, my DNA is from heaven. These are your limits. It's as far as you'll ever go. These are the only places you'll ever walk. These are the only people you ever talk to. No, 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 I have a DNA. No, you're just a, you're just an assistant. You're just a, your mom. No, you're not just a mom. Your DNA is from him. Do we really know who we are? I don't, but I, you know, guess what? I want to know. My thoughts are not his thoughts. My ways are not his ways, but I want them to be. And if you want them to be and you want to agree with him, I want you to stand today. See, we're doing things a little different. This was a shift. In, this was a shift in the order of service. So Lord, I thank you. What we're doing in the natural, you're doing in the spiritual. Yes, there's just a shift. It's just a little shift. Preaching's going to be before the announcements and ties, but it's just a little shift, but it's a demonstration of what he wants to do in your life. It's not just, I've always done this. I've always walked this way. I've always seen these miracles. I've always seen this. No, no, no. I give the altar call. You, you pray for the sick. I give the soul winning message. You pray for the sick. But then when he wasn't gone, he had to look for God, and that was the hand of God. You said you were going to pray for the sick. No, 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 Reinhardt. I said the sick will be prayed for. God told me to leave. And Reinhardt says, I couldn't argue with the Holy Spirit. And God is telling things in our life to leave that we've 
leached onto and we've held onto and we were secure and it's this is my function. This is how I teach. This is how I preach. This is how I read the Bible. This is how I get songs. This is, Lord, I thank you for breaking every barrier to how we used to do it. How we used to do it. An Egyptian delivered us. Eh, wrong answer. Sit down. A Hebrew delivered you. Where did he come from? He came from a promise that God took a Chaldean before there was even a Hebrew race. He took a Chaldean. He says, you will be a father of many nations. And out of him came the Hebrew children. And God was protecting his promise. When Haman came, still they are. When Hitler came, still they are. When every person came against him. Look, your promises of God in your life still exist. But he's looking for your agreement. Lord, I thank you today. We agree with you, God. Not just our mom, our dad, what the past says. Everything we've ever done. Every level we've ever functioned on. I thank you, God, for, re for removing those limits off our life. If you want to do the new and the fresh, guess what? The new and the fresh got to come in. You got to think in a new way. You got to think in a fresh way. Your language has to change. So, Lord, we're going to change our language today. We're going to do a little thing like kindergartners do. I want you to repeat after me. Lord, I thank you for the new. God, I thank you for doing a new thing. God, I thank you for shifting my life. Hallelujah. And you know what? God shifts your life. Guess what? He shifts everything that ever comes after you. Everything that you touch. Every kid that you raise. Every person that you marry. Your wife, your spouse. It's not just about you, friends. See, Moses was carrying over a million people inside. He just didn't know it. I saved one. That would be the testimony of his life. I saved one Hebrew children. I saved one. Alicia, one. I saved one. But God comes in for a shift and he says, no, no, no. You were made for the millions. Therefore, I'm shifting your thinking and I'm taking away what your comfort zone is. I'm taking away the place you live. And guess what? Moses never had a house again. He always traveled. God didn't ask him if it was okay. God didn't. He said he shifted. Moses was always on the go after that. Always. Never went back to Egypt when they got out. Never went back to that place. But there he was transfigured with Jesus. Because Jesus redeems everything. When he says, Moses, you can't enter the, the promised land because you struck the rock. That rock is Christ. You struck it the first time. Christ is crucified once. Next time I told you to speak to the rock, and you're out. And Jesus comes along. And there's Moses transfigured in the promised land. So, Jesus, I thank you for redeeming us. Redeeming everything in our life. There's Moses in the promised land. With two... Elijah and Moses sitting with Jesus in the promised land. There he is. Lord, I thank you for everything we thought we lost, everything we laid down. Redeemer is not just a title. It's what you do. No one title. So, Lord, I thank you. People that need healing today, you're the healer. People that want their dreams redeemed, you're the redeemer. I thank you for all the... Ingress, you know, I know you went to Bethel school and there's things that you've done. Lord, I thank you for Ingress and the things that you put in our heart. I thank you for the desires and dreams. But God, I thank you for new desires and dreams and that thing which you're, he's making you even more unsatisfied, Ingress, so you'll press in even in a greater way. And as you press into me, I will give the things that you ask for, the directions and the steps. Lord, I thank you there's more on your life. See, we go through something and we think, oh, that season's over. But we did, we did, we know God put the season in us. And you guys can sit down if you want. I don't want to belabor this and draw this out and keep going on and on, but I really believe that we need to carry that shift mentality with us. John, that was a good message. No, I, we're not here to preach good messages. We want to see changed lives. Good messages come and go. You forgot the good message you heard three years ago. Let's be honest. 
I did. But I tell you what I didn't forget. When I encountered him and he spoke to me and he changed my life and he moved me from one place to another. I never forget me moving from Roswell to the epicenter. I never forget that. Reinhardt never forgot that day. There was a shift when he said, no, no, no. The healing evangelist isn't here, Reinhardt, but the healer is. See, there was a shift. We don't forget the shifts in our lives. An Egyptian, Pastor Allen, an Egyptian delivered us. No, 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 Lord, I thank you for the DNA that is in us. It's greater than we even know. Moses did not know what he carried, but God did. And he broke him out of his comfort zone so he could break out what was in Moses. So at the end of his life, he wouldn't say on his gravestone, delivered one. One. No, he led over a million. Because God wouldn't let him stay here. So Lord, I thank you for your love. Not letting us stay in the place where we want to stay. I thank you for breaking the walls that we want to keep up. You know, we talk about our prayer requests and different things. God comes in and does things that he wants sometimes, and he doesn't even ask us. He does it because he has a desire to see on the earth everything Jesus paid for, and there's still yet to do. You know, every tribe doesn't know the name of Jesus. Every place doesn't know the name of Jesus. There's people that don't even know who Jesus is. And he says, this gospel will be preached. Some of your kids may go to places that you, don't, you haven't even, don't even know where they're on a map. So Lord, I thank you for releasing everything after us, not holding on to us, not labeling it, not keeping it in a box, not trying to keep it in a zone, but allowing it to be everything you've called it to be. So Lord, I thank you for shifting this church, shifting our speech, and that we will say, you know what? I want the new God. I don't know what it is, but I want the new. I'm a little scared, but I want the new. I'm not really sure what it is, God, but I want the new if you go with us. That's what Moses said, right? If you go with us, I'll go. God says, I'm going to send my angel. He says, no, 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 no. And the one who was afraid to even look at his face, talk to him, like a face-to-face, -face, and he saw his form, not his features, but he saw his form, like a friend speaks to a friend. The one that was afraid even to look at him said, show me your glory. Friends, that is an entire shift. See, it just wasn't about that day. He took him into a new level and a new place. The one that was afraid even to look at him was transfigured on, with Jesus. If you, if you, if we knew who we really are, our speech would change. Our speech would change. What we spend time on would change. What we read would change. What we watch would change. How much we spend on our iPhone would change. What the people we make fun of would change. The, the, our jokes would change. If we really knew who we are and what he wanted us to walk in, we would change. Our worship would change. Our time being here would change. Our, our pressing in would change. Our hunger level would change if we really knew who we really are. So, Lord, I thank you for shifting us today. He said, Moses, Moses, I am the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of Jacob. God showed Moses who he was, and then he told Moses who he was. Therefore, I'm this God. You are my deliverer, and you shall lead my people. And Moses said, no, 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 no. I stutter. Send someone else. But God didn't accept it. Lord, I thank you for not accepting our excuses that we call reasons. Too young, too old. It's been too long. I've already done that. Church hurt me too much. They didn't like my music. They didn't like my book. They didn't like this. They didn't like that. I thank you, God. We're not here for excuses. We bury every excuse. We're not too old. We're not too young. We're not too smart. We're not too dumb, God. We break the labels off. We say, yes, Lord, do what you want to do. God, I thank you for doing what you want to do and not taking our, 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 what we call reasons and our just excuses. 
Reinhardt, why didn't you go to Africa and become a missionary? Because my dad says it was my brother, not me. But your heavenly father said it was you. So, Father, we, you know, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, teach us to pray. He said, pray, our Father. He didn't say, pray, my Father, your, your God and my Father. He said, our Father. Jesus brought the Father down in, in flesh. Every name that was ever written about him in the Old Testament, Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Nisi and all these names, the God who heals, the God our righteousness, Jesus took it in Father. So, Father, I thank you for busting through every excuse that we give every I don't have the money I I don't have the education I need to go to Bible college I've never worked in that area before I thank you for breaking down every excuse I've never stepped out in this I've never prayed for anybody I've never prophesied I've never laid hands on my kids for healing I always brought them to church or the doctor I've never worked in this realm before God I thank you for taking away every excuse he didn't ask Reinhardt, can, can, you, can you do it today? Can you guys work together? He didn't even make it easy. Hey, Reinhardt, God wants me to, to pray with you. He didn't even make it easy on him. He simply was not there. He was either going to rely on God or send the people home unhealed. He had a choice. Friends, we always have a choice. I'm just looking for someone to agree with me. Hey, if you guys want healing, here's a flyer to the next healing crusade. You need to go see this person. Reinhardt said, no, no, no. I got some bad news and some good news. The bad news, he is gone. But the good news, Jesus is here. And because Jesus is here, everything changes. Atmospheres change. Nations change. Kings can't sleep. Lions can't eat. Fires can't burn because of Jesus. He was the fourth man in the fire. He was the scarlet cord that runs from Genesis to Revelation. He's the scarlet cord that came out. Hey, when they, when they, on the walls of Jericho, they look for the scarlet cord. Do you know that word scarlet cord is translated cord once in the Bible? Every time it's translated after that, same word's translated hope. Jesus is the cord of hope. There's a red cord that runs from Genesis to Revelation. He's in every book. He's been in every part of your life. Even when you were unsaved, he was there guiding you, instructing you, even in all your hurts and all your pains. So, God, we give him our, our pains and our regrets today and everything man said, everything man did to us that was not from you, that we thought it was you, and we just don't even give the devil credit, God. We lay it at your feet today to come in and heal us and use it. Every pain you'll use for more compassion. Every hurt you'll use for more care. Every time, every hurt, we won't just say, oh, I was hurt heard, or I went through this, or I went through that, or I, we've all gone through things. Today we lay it at your feet, King Jesus, the king that never sleeps. That night the king couldn't sleep. That earthly king slept every night, but that night there is a king of kings, of lord of lords. He never sleeps or slumbers. He sees every situation in your life.